Ah, quick hello, and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Tyler Piggett. And it should have been Piggett. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, this is great. Thanks I get really me. confused with names, and I, I, I kind of think the more I think about it, the worse I get, and then yeah. I make the mistake. And I think that's for a lot of us. If I didn't think about it, it'd probably be fine. But welcome, Tyler. More, less about <laughs> your name and more about welcoming you. Uh, thanks for having me. I mean, when the first three letters of your last name are P-I-G, spells pig, it's really it's hard to even get past that. So um, <laughs> I've, I respond to just about anything. So. <laughs> oh, right. In that case, I'm even more deeply sorry than uh, I was before. But today we're going to be talking about clarify your vision and watch your business grow. I'm hugely interested in this because knowing what your vision is is hugely important mm -hmm. and it's often overlooked. Uh, would that be a fair statement? Yeah, for sure. Especially for a lot of founders, entrepreneurs, people starting things. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh, so you're basically saying we don't know where we're going. We know what we're doing, <laughs> but we don't know where we're going. It's it's oftentimes the, you know, it's an interesting, like founders, entrepreneurs, when they're jumping into something, they have a specialty. There's something they're good at, whether that's, you know, uh, data, whether that's development, whether that's copywriting, whether that's, you know, design. There's tons of different, obviously specialties but oftentimes that's you know hey i i am good at this and i'm and i'm going to jump out on my own and start my own business you know and right. you know and then you know one thing leads to another maybe you get a couple more projects and then you start to add maybe oh, i need some help with this one and so and then five years goes past and you've got a team and you're you really aren't in a you're not pointed towards a specific direction you're really just surviving day to day Right. Um, versus having a, a lot of clarity of, you know, hey, here's the target I'm going after. This is what I'm intentionally doing along the way to get there. That speaks volumes to me because I got into this because I was super enthusiastic about sure. it and managed to make a living out of it more or less. And yeah. recently I've been working with a company in Germany, a guy called Igor and his uh, co co-worker Sveta and they forced me to say who 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 are your audience and what are you trying to do and Leanne's come into the Cali Cube team and she's forcing us to ask ourselves that question so you're going to help us as well but before you help us and the audience understanding how clarifying your vision can help your business grow I wanted to show your brand sir this is a video this I try to do every now and then and it's quite difficult to do so here we go that's the brand set for your company, Loan for Creative. Uh, on the left there, we can see your site at the top with the rich site links. We can see some reviews, which look really great and show that you work on HubSpot. Some social profiles, that's fairly typical, but pretty good to do. Then we've got the Google Business Profile, which is a business listing from Google rather than a knowledge panel on the right-hand side, if you click on that one. And here we have a lovely little knowledge panel for your company. Uh, created in 2015, and we can see here that Google's found the entity home, it knows where the entity lives, and so you can claim that knowledge panel using the entity home through Search Console without going through the horrible forms that Google make you jump through to claim your knowledge panel if they haven't identified the entity home. And I would advise you to claim it, and I would advise you to build it into a beautiful, flourishing knowledge panel. How much do you know about knowledge panels? Um, the basics, 101 level. Right, okay, super. Well, I've spent eight years, in fact, 10 years just doing that. And this is the CaliCube business, is looking at knowledge panels and brand SERPs, which is what we just looked at. You are listening to Branded Search. 
and beyond with Jason Barnard. Now, back to the show. Never had a vision other than I think they're really cool and interesting. That's yep. not a vision, is it? I mean, it can, it's a, a reason, maybe a why, but it's not necessarily a direction or a vision you're trying to go. Yeah. Right. So we need to define the direction. So vision is direction, uh, a, a vector direction with uh, direction and amplitude. Would yeah. that be fair? I that, think it, that's yeah. actually from uh, Despicable Me. Yeah. That's why vector is called, Victor is called vector because it's a direction with amplitude. Yeah. So I'm now imagining myself as a cartoon character in Despicable Me. <laughs> Take me on my voyage. Where am I going? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that one of the things that's the first question is, what are you trying to do? Like, what's the point? Right. You know, and in lots of businesses, you know, people are, you know, hey, I, I want to pass this to my kids or I want to multi-generational or I want to sell it Ooh. or I want to, you know, there's lots of different, you know, I want it to be a lifestyle business. I want to work as little amount as possible, but still get paid a lot. Or, you know, there's lots of kind of end goals, if you will, that can be in sight. And they're different for everybody. Everybody has their own kind of variation of what excites them and what gets them, you know, uh, out of bed in the morning. So in order to define my vision, I need to define my ultimate goal. I believe so, yeah. I mean, I think that so much of the your vision as you're kind of building it out is dictated by where you want to go. You know, if you have a vision of, you know, I want to sell it for $100 million or $10 million or something like that. I mean, most businesses that sell have to have an, a team that runs it, have to have a product that solves it, you know, and, and the, the founder has to be able to transition out. And so that means that they've got to have a team that functions and kind of runs the organization. The founder can still have a transition out period, but all like that vision or what I just said, based on if you're trying to sell it means that you have to then make decisions based on that vision. And so should I hire someone? Should I not? Well, you, you probably should, and and you probably want to be a, uh, an employee versus just a contractor because you are wanting to build an organization, build a team, build a culture, build you know kind of a momentum and motion moving okay. forward with what you offer, so that at some point you get to the spot where you could sell it. So I'm kind of you know talking real high level around that, but that would be very different than I you know want as much time as possible. It might mm. mean that you're just trying to be the expert as a solopreneur, so you're able to charge so much per hour that you just get to work a week a month and, and you're making a great living. That's a very different scenario than I'm trying to sell it in five years or something like that for a certain amount of money. Um, right. And so well, I think no, I, that's I, the I, biggest I, thing. I really, really like that that kind of distinction. It's two, two extremes, and one of which is yeah. if you're building a company that you're going to sell, you need to have employees rather than contractors because people are going to be unwilling to invest in a company that is based on temporary work. Yeah, I think it, I mean, it depends on the industry, it depends on the product, you know, I mean, I'm, a lot of this is in the marketing space. And so mm -hmm. you're selling people's time, you're selling opinions, expertise, knowledge, strategy. Right. And, um, and so when you are selling those things, you do have to build an organization and a team that is, has an asset that you can buy. Because most kind of people in the creative space, they don't have buildings, they don't have equipment, there's not really any assets behind or besides, you know, the people that are on their team, the humans that you're, that you're essentially acquiring and the processes and systems that you've built. And so you do have to build a team and you've got to have some, you know, staying power, you've got to keep people. So there's some maybe some incentive or there's great benefits or there's, and there's great culture, there's an organization that you've kind of built that 
can stand alone, um, but you know, on its own um, versus kind of that contractor model. It's okay. If you use contractors, it's okay. If that, you know, products get, or projects and, and services get accomplished with contractors, but you usually have to have somebody that's helping run those and manage those relationships and manage those kind of agreements right. with those contractors. But, um, but then if I just want to have a family business and live quietly in the South of France, Yep. And I don't need to worry about who's going to buy it and why they might buy it. And that, that brings me to another question, because strangely, and this happens a lot, is we start looking into something and then a guest comes on talking about exactly that thing. And one thing that Marianne's doing is she's going to get the whole team together to talk, talk about what are we trying to achieve? That's hmm. what we've said. And it's actually what is our vision? And so I'm yeah. asking the team, what is your vision, my vision, and how can we make that into a communal community company vision does that make sense i think it can um i would say what are you trying to achieve you know as a business sense most people if you're bringing in a larger team besides kind of a, maybe a founder and maybe a smaller executive team they can kind of talk through a vision but oftentimes when you're bringing in a larger team they're going to be really tactical in their answers so it's going to be we want to achieve you know this utilization rate on a team or this revenue number or this amount of leads or you know on and on and on of the tactical practical things that a business does in their function, um, but none of that really helps the vision. Like you kind of have to go, well, where are we going? Why does that matter? And it's almost hard to answer the question of what do we do until you uh, answer the question of well, what's the point? You know, uh, oh. as far as where you're going. So I'll I think that there's that, that piece. Sorry, we're, we're actually talking yeah. about what are we trying to build? What are we trying to achieve? And now we add, what is our vision? Um, yeah. And I, I think that's a hugely, I mean, it's an interesting question for us. And, and as you say, uh, perhaps not ideal to build it on what the team necessarily thinks today. But what I've realized is I was just happily enjoying the voyage yeah. in that kind of very philosophical way, having fun with knowledge panels and brand serps. And then I'm now realizing that I need to build a business and I have a team of people for whom I'm responsible and the business needs to run and it needs to function and it needs to be profitable so that everybody's safe. Yeah. So sorry, that's a personal, very personal message on my own that I'm yeah. trying to get into my own little totally. brain. Yeah. Um, but so coming back to this is getting a buy-in from the team. It's more than just, and I quote you, catchy slogans and creative perks. <laughs> Yeah, so I think it has to be that? something that people get excited about. It's got to be something people can rally around, something you can hire people into or bring them or invite them into. You think of, uh, you know, sports teams or athletic teams. You know, if you've built a vision of our vision is to be the best and we want to win the championship or whatever, you know, I'm using generalized generalizations. But, yeah. you know, we our goal is to bring the best people together to win and to this. No, 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 it's not acceptable to just have a winning record. We want to win the whole thing. You're inviting people into, oh, I want to be part of that vision. I want to be part of that thing that we're going to go build or going to go accomplish. And so I think that having that kind of outline of your vision is really important. It's got to be something that, um, again, people get excited about. They can kind of rally around something that they, you know, it's not just to punch the clock or, you know, come in and just function and do the things, but it's something they actually get excited to be a part of. Um, because of the ups and downs, when you are building something, there's, you know, great moments, mountaintop kind of experience things that are very exciting. And then there's a lot of times where it's just the mundane kind of, hey, we're just doing going through the motions and, and doing the work. And so 
it has to be something that is a motivating experience kind of towards the end um, versus just a job. You know, I think that uh, that that's not as motivating for people. I don't think in this day and age, um, no. it can be, it can be for some, but it's not, I don't think for most people, at least in the creative space. Right. Yeah. So you're talking more in the creative space, which means that you need to create a creative vision and it's imagination and direction of which is philosophical rather than a company that that makes nails, for example. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's a great. It is a great differentiation. I think if you're creating a vision to make nails, that's not your probably that's not your vision. Your vision is to probably say, hey, we want, you know, our materials we want to be using in the largest buildings that are noticeable um, globally or something. Mm. But your vision is going to be a lot bigger than just the kind of, pr- but, you know, the production of those nails helps you get to the spot of where you're trying to accomplish that vision. I think in the creative so, space, it's interesting, and I'll just kind of add a quick little tidbit to it. No, carry on. Sorry, fact, excuse me. I was going to be yeah, talking yeah. you with a silly comment, and now I've just interrupted you anyway, so <laughs> completely pointless. Carry on, please. No, no, no. I just was going to say, like, in the creative space, it's interesting because the vision has a lot to do, in my opinion, with the types of clients you want to work with. Because when you have creatives and you've got people that have great ideas or strategy or experience in the marketing channels that you you know function in, you want they want to be excited about what they're going to work on. And so if you pick a very boring industry that doesn't really do a whole lot, uh, then those creatives are probably going to be bored. Like they're not going to be that, that excited about that type of a you know in, uh, industry or mm. something that you, that you're going after. And so the end result of this, my vision is to go after this market or this vertical or this industry set or something does have a piece of the vision, but it also then plays a part of the people that are part of your team and how excited they would get around that vision. Um, So there's a lot of different pieces to that. um, But a lot of it comes out of the founder, the entrepreneur, the person that's in it to, to begin with of what they're trying to accomplish or trying to go out and do. Um, And then it's, you know, trickles down, if you will, to, as far as like the different pieces to or components to that vision would then trickle down to the practicals of the day-to-day um, and whatnot. So I'll let you interrupt now. I just, I was kind of giving a, an example of both sides of like a tactical, you know, the nail yeah. company or nuts and bolts versus, you know, kind of more selling ideas and selling strategy. Yeah. No, I, I was having one of those moments when your brain just flies off in kind of, <laughs> and I had this, this image of the person making the nail imagining the nail in the biggest building in New York and that being part of the vision and part of the motivation. I can't imagine that happens, but theoretically that would be one way, but it doesn't really make sense. So it wasn't worth interrupting you for, and I apologize. So coming back to this this idea of vision, um, I mean, I don't really have a vision other than I'm enjoying playing around with knowledge panels and trying to, let's say, manipulate Google. And, yep. being, and trying to improve their understanding and get them to repeat the message that I'm giving them about the brands and our clients. Yeah. Uh, I struggle to find a vision. What are good techniques for me to start thinking, what is my vision? Because I don't really know what it is. Yeah. Um, I oftentimes will tell people to think out kind of like that, you know, three to five years even, if, especially since it's, you know, if, if you've got a big vision and you're going, oh, 20 years, I want to be there. Great. That's, that's incredible. But when you are starting to kind of figure it out, I think kind of just thinking through, well, what do I want to be doing in, in three years? What do I want to be doing in five years? Do I like the the work-life balance I have or the, the you know, what I'm actually doing on a day-to-day basis? Am I enjoying it? Do I, do I love doing it? Am I good at it? You know, just answering some of those kind of 
I'll call them fundamental questions or probably not, but, you know, just like answering some of those questions that do kind of spill into what do I want to be doing in three to five years? Um, and, you know, oftentimes I'll use kind of examples of uh, like physical fitness. And so some people have a desire to, you know, maybe it's lose a couple pounds or something, or they have a desire to go run a marathon and, and, and a, car, a cardio cardio event or something. Um, and those are kind of shorter term visions but sometimes they're not if it's someone that has some health complications and they really do want to be able to, right. you know, to beat those. It's going to take three years for them to be able to actually get to the spot of where they're maybe running a marathon. too big of a, uh, something for someone like that. But it's there is something that's mm. bigger than that. Um, so really thinking about, you know, imagine where you want to be in the future three to five years from now. Um, where do you want to go? What do you want it to look like? Um, okay. I, I I think the example that I often use is people can relate to is if you've ever used like a, like on a smartphone or a GPS and you plugged in your, your coordinates or your, your address and it's taking you there. And then you are really eager to get there and you always, everyone always is. Most people are always on a time, time crunch of some sort, but then all of a sudden it says rerouting and you realized you missed a turn. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden now you're going, I've just added 10 minutes or added five minutes or added an hour to your journey that's pretty frustrating. And so you really quickly realize that direction is way more important than speed, but yet all of our you know, individuals ourselves want to get places quickly. We want to accomplish things right. quickly. So we're, we're trying to figure out what's the five things I can do today or what's my task list or my punch list or my things that I'm trying to work on when, as long as that stuff's in the right direction, then, then you're good, but it's hard to know if it's in the right direction unless you have a direction. And so just like that, spelling out what is and imagining what is kind of three to five years look like. Um, and it's got to be something that's motivating, get that's exciting. That's something that gets you out of, like, I always just use it as, Hey, do I get excited about this when I wake up in the morning? Um, and well, that is important. So, yeah, no, super. And uh, can you give me an example of a vision? I mean, you choose one of your favorites. What What's a favorite vision of yours for a company? It doesn't need to be you or me or anybody, just an example. Go sure. ahead. What's, yeah, all this, I mean, all this kind of talk, my personality is I like to build stuff. Like I love the, right. the zero to one type of a thing. I'm I'm past that. I'm, I'm in kind of maybe a, a three to five right now or whatever number kind of scenario. But so for me, I don't, I don't want to be in the same job for the next 30 years. Like that's just not like, it's not something that excites me. I like to do new things. I'm motivated by, by building new things and figuring out new things and solving new problems. And so um, so the, the idea or the vision to be able to build something to sell it is really interesting to me. Um, hmm. And so that has been a study of mine is to try to understand how do you build something to sell it. And the reason why is, is that I haven't gotten to the spot where I go, oh, I can't, I'm going to sell this. Like this isn't something I can sell. But everything in my research and people I talk to, the way that I, you know, I constantly am just engulfed in what does it take to build an organization that sells? Everything I've run into has made our business stronger. It's made it function better, more efficiently, more profitable, all those things. And so there's no no bad things about pursuing that idea of wanting to sell something because it does make it so that your business is functioning and is stronger. And so um, like that for me, it's like trying to figure that out. And so the vision piece for that is, is like the simplicity of it is I can't wait to build something to sell. Like that sounds really cool. Really? It's an event, you know. But then it's a challenge to go, okay, so what would you do if you sold it? Like, what's the point? And so what's the point of selling it? So the point mm-hmm. usually would to sell something is someone pays you money for it. So you're, the point is to yeah. buy it. You know, someone's going to, there's a transaction that takes place. And so that's exciting because, you know, great, someone would pay you. Okay, that's super great. 
but what, what would you sell it for? Like, what's the point? Like what, again, it's back to, so are they going to give you a million dollars? Are they going to give you $10 million? How much, what do you want to do with it? What does it enable you to do that you get excited about? Is, you know, mapping it out a little bit more to, you know, I've got kids. And so the idea of helping them buy their first house, the teenagers, so buying their first house is really interesting to me. I think that'd be cool to have money to help them with that, have money to pour into another business, be able to give some money away. So for me, in a vision that's built out, I have those things all listed, all those things that like make up the number that I'm hoping to be able to sell it to, which is different than, you know, I could pay you a dollar for your business now and technically you sold it and made money, but you probably wouldn't be satisfied with the dollar. So then what are you satisfied with? What's the dollar amount you're going to sell it for? You're you're saying it's if you're going to sell your business or you're planning to sell your business, your vision is to sell your business. You need to have a price in mind. If we can come back uh, uh, a big step here, if you're saying I'm going to build something, then I'm going to sell it. How do you keep your employees on board and excited if they know you're going to leave them with some stranger in yeah. three to five years? Yeah, that's a great question. I think reality is is that for the most part, most businesses that are building to sell are hiring people that are not lifers. They're not going to be here for 20 years. They're not going to be here for right. 10 years because they're builders as well in some way, shape, or form. And at some point, They'll get to the spot where they're going, okay, I'm not challenged anymore or not building anymore. And as an owner or a founder or a CEO of an organization, your job is to keep them building. Like they want to keep building because that's their personalities. Mm-hmm. At some point, you shift in an organization to bring in people that are just man, you know, managing it to kind of functioning. Like, hey, we're 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 trying to stay in this range and, and keep keep you know jogging down that road. Um, and some businesses get to that really quickly, some businesses it takes a little while. Um, but you've all, but you've got to have some sort of a motivator for those people. So whether that's a share in some sort of a sell, um, whether it's a, you know, and those are always interesting things to work out if you are selling something, because usually they need to stay on for a certain amount of time to actually take advantage of that. You know, whether it's a financial thing or, a mm-hmm. uh, yeah, normally it's a financial thing, uh, to be able to kind of stay longer. And so, um, I would say there is an element to where you are, you're motivating people to like get to something you're going to build it. I mean, it's very similar to like if you were going to hire people to and and wanted them to motivate and you wanted to own the business for 30 years, you're going to still have to motivate them why the heck they should show up every day and why should they be here for 30 years. And so it's really very similar across the across the board. It's the same thing on a sports team. If, you know, how do you motivate that? Like what at the day after they win the championship? Now what? Like, are you building? So is the goal to build, win the championship or is the goal to build a legacy that you get to be a part of? So that means you need to win multiple championships, which then keeps them, you know, the next day they wake up and they go, great, that was number one. That's awesome. But we're building a, a legacy. And so that's number two or number uh-huh. three. So it, it is, it's not that it's any really any dissimilar than any other vision or any other, you know, goal or end goal for an organization or for a business. Um, it is very similar because you are trying to figure out how do you motivate people and keep them engaged. Uh-huh. Um, and that's got to be something that's big enough that they're, that they want to be a part of. Um, so I don't know if that answers the question, but I think that it kind of, it just depends on the organization, but in a lot of ways, it's all the same kind of mentality. No, no, it does. It does. It does. Now, my next question is, uh, you talk about watch your business grow. Yeah. I want to know why it would grow faster or better if I have a vision than if I'm just trundling along, enjoying the ride, philosophically speaking. Yeah. Usually if you're trying to, like a vision generally in, in, involves some sort of growth or some sort of maintain of growth or something like that. I don't know that many people that create a vision where it's, I have a vision to stay, stay the same, the same for the next 30 yeah, years. No, yeah, right. 
Um, and so most of the time when you're creating a vision, it's some sort of a growth, whether that's a profitability thing, a revenue thing, a team size thing, a culture thing. There's lots of different things that from a growth standpoint. And so if you think about laying out that bigger vision and then breaking that down into kind of almost like reverse engineering of, well, what is it going to take to get there? You do start to go, okay, well, every you know year we have to have a goal on this and every quarter we have to have a goal and every month we have to have a goal and every week we have to have a goal. And then what are the things in that week that make the activities that we have to do to get there? And so once you've kind of started the execution piece of that vision, you really can start to see your business grow because you have a direction that you're going in. Um, oftentimes in the marketing space or creative space, um, if you are a, a one size fits all or a one stop shop and you're more of a generalist, it's really actually pretty difficult to go out and get clients because you don't have a specialty and you really what like, who are you reaching out to? It's just anyone yeah. that has a pulse I'll talk to, which yeah. is kind of demotivating and you don't, you're just noise and it just disappears real quick. Um, but if you have a very specific vision of this is the type of client I want to go after, the type of industry, the types of services we offer, you know, that your competitor, like just knowing the space really well, it makes it so that you're, you're very targeted in your approach towards um, your growth goals from that are obviously trickling down from that vision, you know, reverse engineered from where you want to go. And so you, your, your activities and things you do from a growth standpoint align with your vision, which then is very like focused from a targeted standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so it does help your business grow. Like I've not been a part of a business that doesn't have a vision that, the execution obviously is a huge aspect of it, but I haven't been a, a part of a business where execution even can be marginal. It doesn't have to be awesome and the business will still be growing um, because of the fact that they have a very clear end goal in mind versus just to kind of show up and, and, and go through the motions kind of thing. And, and so what I hear is that we, we, we figure out what the vision is and then we identify the steps to get to that vision and try to figure out how not to get Google Maps to tell us that it's recalculating the route because we've gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, which can happen, right? Like sometimes yeah. you get into a vision or get into like an aspect of it, call it an industry or call it a, a goal, and, and it doesn't always feel like you're moving in the same direction. It's the same thing of, you know, hey, I'm going to go run a marathon in six months. Well, what happens if you pull your hamstring or you tweak right. your knee or something and you kind of have to rehab it, but you still signed up for the race and you're still going to do it, but it, you do feel like you're going backwards for a couple of weeks or a couple of months until you you know, are kind of uh, training or, or whatnot at a, at a pace. Um, and so, yeah, no, it, it's, a, it's a lot of those pieces. I think it starts with the vision and that's going to be as detailed as you can make it. Um, mm -hmm. But as, as someone that runs an organization, it can be really detailed, but you also have to hold it pretty loosely, if that makes sense, because, right. you know, you, industries change, economies change, you know, tools come out that, you know, make it so that right. the service you're offering doesn't, isn't needed anymore or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, there's that vision piece and then the execution or planning aspect of it. And there's lots of frameworks that you can follow for how to execute, you know, and, and drive results in an organization. And then it's the team element of it. And so I think the biggest thing with vision is, is that most of the time founders need to have that vision. Like what's the point of what you're doing um, or that entrepreneur that's starting it. And there can be input from numerous people to that, but that's something that they're owning um, because it's really the direction of the organization is really what they're saying. And then there's lots of people then that can help with the rest of it. And I was, I'm just saying that from a experience standpoint that probably the founder is not really good at everything, right? They're not no. a perfect manager, a perfect visionary, a perfect, you know, executor of things, a perfect person in finance, you know, you're going to need lots of people in the mix to really help you achieve that. 
And so trying to figure all those things out on your own of, hey, this is my vision and I know exactly how to get there is kind of a rarity. Usually you have multiple inputs to be able to figure out how you're going to be out there and get and build your plan. Brilliant. So to conclude with all of that, what I've understood is I need a vision. I need to identify the steps. I need a hugely lovely team who really are on board with that vision. And as we move forward step by step, I have to remain aware that there can be changes and that the vision can change slightly. The route might change a little bit along the way and remain flexible with that. Now, last question. How does clarifying the vision for branded, for, excuse me, ooh, how does clarifying the vision for your business help with branded search? It's a great question. Um, I would say branded search. So my definition of branded search is going to be someone that's looking for your organization, looking for a service that you offer associated with your organization. Yeah. So it would fit in that branded piece. And so if that's the case, you have to define your brand. And if you're trying to define your brand, you're probably needing to look through some sort of a filter, if you will, ment you know, mental or mindset type of a filter to be able to define your brand, which is usually dictated based on the vision you have for your organization and where you're trying to go. So if you're trying to be, you know, the best website designer or the best, uh, you know, Salesforce consultant or HubSpot consultant or something, you know, you've got a very like targeted or specific focus that you're trying to go after. And so then your branded search kind of falls underneath there and it makes it easier to have a little more strategy around your branded search and like targeted approach. And I'm going to call it like activity towards that. So kind of your energy is then put in the same direction, um, which is going to help those branded search terms. That was a, a brilliant summary and dovetail <laughs> for the end of this episode of A Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard and Tyler Piger. Piger. Oh, yeah. Man, I can't remember. It's half an hour <laughs> yeah. and I've already forgotten. And, and Maria actually explained it to me and sent me an email with how to pronounce your name. All's so good. I apologize. Doubly, no triply, now quadruply. So we're going to pass the baton to Jano van Driel, who is on next week talking about from entity modeling to knowledge graph maintenance. Jano is super smart. He is incredibly geeky, and he's taught me so much over the last months and years. I absolutely love him, and I'm absolutely looking forward to this one. A bit of a geeky episode. Could you pass the baton, Tyler? I'm actually really excited for this one. One is because I don't know a lot about what he does. Like, So I don't know, meaning I understand the concepts of what he does, but I don't know how he does it. And so mm -hmm. I would 100% recommend like listening to this one kind of deep dive Um you know, you just, you said that it's going to be a little bit nerdy. That's a yep. great, like, you know, kind of setup for it. But um, I would, you know, I think data is such a huge thing that we're all in now and it's going to continue being, um, you know, the AI buzzword, if people listen to this recently, um, is mm -hmm. only as good as the data that it's searching. And so uh, that's a data, a structured data consultant. There's going to be a lot of things that he talks about that's going to be helpful either now that you're going to pick up like little nuggets that you can implement or things that you work towards as an organization in the future. So I I mean, I don't know if that's a good handoff, but I'm excited that for was it. That was a great handoff. And indeed, he, he specializes in schema markup, building knowledge graphs for your, your organization in order to communicate with these machines. Generative AI is gonna eat that up. Bing yeah. chat, Bard. It's, it's super exciting, and it's exactly yeah. what we love at CaliCube. So thank you so much, Tyler. That was an amazing discussion. I learned a lot about clarifying my vision, and hopefully I can then watch my business grow.
Love it. Thanks for having me. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Tyler. Bye, everyone. Thank you for watching. CaliCube. It's all about your brand, SERP.